show the host that will likely define the term self-flagellation for a new generation he's dale he's about to lose it this is the paper keg show episode 225 milestone episode milestone episode 225 part b where two friends gather after a long night of recording and record the show that will be put into your podcast feeds. Um, I am joined by uh, Jonesy Loves Beer, writer, uh, so he can really, you know, kind of commiserate because on his long nights of writing, you know, he's crumpling up papers a la... You know, the ending of that show when the production company outro would show the paper on the typewriter and then it gets scooped out. And <laughs> Basically, the life I lead is the outro of that uh, Murder, She Wrote scenario TV. So to, to save Dale and, and kind of cut the brass tacks, we probably recorded the greatest two hours of our lives with uh, Scotty Young. You know, he's a hip, up-and-coming uh, creator. Some some would say established. Just released hot book, I Hate Fairyland. We spent an amazing evening recording a wonderful episode with him, and then the computers happened. Right. And in that devastating landscape of technology, we sit with... All that promise lost to us. I mean, Jonesy, when I tell you uh, the moment I realized, you know, Scotty had hung up and we're just shooting the S. And the moment I realized uh, what had happened, I froze. I couldn't speak. I couldn't joke. We couldn't talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate anymore. I I was begging Dale, are you frozen? Please speak to me. I can't see the reflection through your glasses of, of your, the emotion you're feeling. So, you know, we had some great running gags, like me, Dale, and Scotty were the impetus of Paper Keg, and we've been friends, and there might have been a cocktail napkin that Scotty wrote the name of Paper Keg on and handed it to Jason Aaron mm-hmm. as a keepsake. I mean, it was... Just imagine the... Best episode of Paper Keg times a million percent, right. and that's basically what we were. I mean, thinking back, we ribbed, uh, we were ribbing Slim about his time in the uh, the happiest place on earth, and we were talking about our kids going trunk or treating. Scotty told us an important lesson about don't take your kids trunk or treating because you're teaching them to imagine that every kid will know that strangers have awesome candy and decorations in their trunks. I mean, life lessons were taught. Yeah. Yeah. Just groundbreaking humor. 
it. Uh, the episode will be missed. Uh, the, the episode will be missed, and this is, at this point currently, is probably at my lowest I've ever been. And uh, after our, you know, quick intro, I would I mentioned at the bottom of the hour, as close as we get it, we'd be getting to Southern Bastards, the book club, and what Jonesy and I are going are going to try to do is have a book club for you guys regarding Southern Bastards. Um, I'm more, I'm almost too inclined to just, I mean, I'm, the wind is out of my sails. There's no coming back. My milestone episode 225, Dale ready to hang it all up End the show, cancel Patreon, cancel Lisbon. <laughs> we just walk our separate ways. The one, the one show slim that you are not on, you are listening to this, probably wondering why the episode's only 25 minutes long. Uh, Tail afraid to bring it up in hangout scenarios. So this is how you're finding out. I'm, sh- listen, I'm more than positive listen, this is how you're going Dale, to find out. Dale, we're, we're 35-year-old men with children. Mistakes happen in this life. Listen, I did it. Okay, guys? I... I uh, no. No. I Jonesy did, did not Jonesy start is the loyal to a thing. fault. I did it. Okay, and what we, we, also, we what equally share the blame. What we experienced and what you guys missed out on was an amazing time talking about Southern Bastards. And uh, what the two of us are going to try to do is, uh, there's no replicating that, but we're just going to re-talk about Southern Bastards until the, uh, the drugs kick in and I can... Uh, <laughs> And I can just kind of fade away tonight, you know. Listen, so Dale, you, I, I wish I could just take you on my arms, you know, smooth out that orange hoodie, and just tell you that everything's be okay. We're gonna be okay. The only price we're gonna pay is the relentless the one from Slim for the next two hundred twenty-five episodes. The one episode he's not on. The one it's, episode it's he's okay. not on. It's okay. Scotty's going to be back in two weeks anyway when I have my kid. You know, he's going to be, he, he's going to be back and he's going to be, we're all going to be laughing about the show that never was. I mean, this could all be an intimate troll to our viewers, right? Or viewers, our listeners right now. Scotty was never here. This is just a troll episode. I, nobody, nobody knows. It's like when a master pianist hits the wrong key and nobody can tell but him. Right. Except the fact that we're explaining it to everyone right meta. now. The meta game of this. This is what would go in the meta tags of the Lisbon, as Jonesy would say. Uh, you pull the metadata. I right. think that's a thing. I sure. think I put a ticket in for it. Sure, your new iMac is is raring and ready for all the My meta new media. iMac scares me on a lot of levels. <laughs> but how strong and quick it is, because I'm used to an old MacBook that doesn't really work right mm-hmm. and... But it's okay. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a synopsis right now mm-hmm. that is gonna make you forget about tonight. A re-synopsis, and they call it. I'm going to, instead of my rambling synopsis, I'm gonna set instead a stage for you. Okay, if you're in your cars, you know, maybe turn the heat up a little bit, kind of get you in the mood to relax. If you're at home, you know, light a couple candles. Kick your feet up, put on a second pair of socks, and get ready. 
You are Earl Tubb, a mountain of a man, mm-hmm. Vietnam vet, settled into a suburban life in Birmingham, Alabama. Who's recorded podcast after podcast. Uh, you yeah, know, he's 224 a, podcasts, no right. issues. He's an expert, you would think, at it. Uh, his, bo- his boss would, leave, would think he was leaving uh, the Empire in capable hands. Instead of a faltering grasp. So Earl gets in his uh, U-Haul. He's going to go wrap up, you know, his dad's house. His dad has passed away a while ago. His uncle Bulis living there now and uh, now in a home. So he goes back to Crawl County. And let me tell you, something's going to get stuck in his crawl pretty hard (laughs) soon. So Earl's dad is the, the... the real life Buford Pusser, you know, he's the the walking tall sheriff. You know, he took a piece of cedar and he basically just beat the living S out of entire town until he brought justice back. And that's his role model. You know, his dad was hard to live with. That's why he escaped. That's why he enlisted, you know, in the army to go fight over Vietnam. Just get out of town. You know, Earl Tubb is a man who got out. And now he's back. And he gets sucked in in a hard way. You know, he's trying to leave. He's packing up the house. He goes for lunch at the boss's BBQ. And uh, there he, he, you know, witnesses a scenario uh, that draws him back into the politics of Crawl County. And uh, as our dear friend Scotty uh, described it as a cross between Friday Night Lights and The Wire. I mean, just the perfect stage setting, craft building writing that only Scotty could do. Uh, and he was right on. And Earl uh, lives that story of walking tall and he, with a cedar stick, he's going to set the town right. Only the biggest twist uh, in the volume happens and that Coach Boss, the big bad guy, kills Earl. And the story takes a total left turn and we are introduced to the anti-hero and sympathetic character of Coach Boss. A real Southern Bastard, if you will. Southern Bastards 101 from the master of modern storytelling, Jason Aaron. The uh, That tail end of a synopsis, not the first time I've heard it tonight and equally as effective <laughs> uh, the second time. Um, yeah, so Jason Aaron is, you just, I mean, you just said it, but he has to be unrivaled for me personally, my top writer as of, I don't know, a couple years ago. I mean, he, I just like, I'm just energized by whatever he reads and he is so good at breathing life into these characters that are just on the page. One of the things that I, I kind of realized when we were talking last time, but I, th- I think I should state off the bat here, off the bat, get it? See, and I still got it, Dale. Yeah, Cedar. Hour six, and the humor is still rolling on. Uh, now, like, Jason Aaron never states anything to you, and I think I'm getting that more and more, and especially in his independent work. Like, you have to get, the story through context and through emotion and through memory. And I think I use the phrase like everything's the over the shoulder cam in this story. 
and you get a real first person perspective of a character and that I think that moves me more than getting a panel that says Earl Tubb, Vietnam vet, you know, former sheriff's son now back in crawl County. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's no, Jason Aaron doesn't state anything for you to know. It's for you to discover together as you move through the world of Southern bastards and crawl County. And it's so immersive that, I think you could sit down and read this whole thing in a sitting and feel fulfilled. I think Scotty had mentioned that he felt the same way that you, it felt like you read it in five minutes, but you like, you had a whole meal. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's hard. That's hard to do nowadays. And, and for me personally, you know, I, I don't get to start reading books until late and just for some, just physically this book just kept me up like a good caffeinated drink or maybe some, uh, overdose of Excedrin that I'll probably do after this. Um, something really just kind of like hurt me on the inside, but I, I felt like I had consumed this masterpiece and I was not... I did not want to stop reading. Like I was awake and I wasn't distracted by the TV and, and it's just because of what's in this volume. Like the Jason Aaron sets you up thinking that Earl Tubb, Earl Tubbs is going to be the, uh, the protagonist in this book. And he's got, Everything you find out about him is just in four issues of a comic. Like, you find out... I mean, cause, because Crawl County produces the story. Like, it, it, in uh, probably in Jason Aaron's mind, not probably, who am I? I don't... I can't assume anything. But, like, like what kind of people would come out of Crawl County? This, this football-loving... It's like Friday Night Lights or Varsity Blues... Or like that Tom Cruise movie with the ampipe. Uh, oh, all the right moves. Yeah. You got all the right moves. Right where? Dale, as your psychologist, I'm going to prescribe you to watch two Tom Cruise movies, <laughs> both tonight and tomorrow night. Just get this out of your system. Right. You know, we have a, a loyal listener base of friends that support us to start times. Support system in place. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, Slim is totally going to eviscerate you, oh, but, man. you know, I feel bad. But with the silent treatment, that's when you know it's mm. bad. That's You know, he's gonna, you're going to send the text like, hey, got to talk to you, big problem with the show, and then, like, you're not going to get a response to, like, 17 right. hours later. And not because he's in Florida, because he's miffed. Right. So, I mean, this is like Varsity Blues and uh, Goodfellas or The Godfather. Like, high school football is Crawl County. And the people, they just suck at the teat of high school football in Crawl County. And Earl Tubbs has been away from this for 40-plus years because he knew what kind of town... And what kind of people were produced by this town was all about. And 
over the course of only four issues, you find out, I mean, this guy has deep-seated issues with his father because his father had loyalty to be the one straight man in Crawl County who would not let up and not give in. And the whole county hated him the for whole, it. Yes, exactly. He, he, he was not a hero. He was despised because his penchant for the law, whether, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it conflicted with the football game or the football players or not. Like he was up, like he was upholding the law and people in town did not like that. They tried to surround him at his house and he beat them all down with a baseball bat. And, you know, that's what like his big reputation was for his, he put his, he put the law and him behind it in front of his family he uh he and his son earl had huge issues with it and with the way the high school football ran the town so he was he disappeared for 40 years he comes back to pack up this house and he sees injustice being done to a former classmate of his who's not necessarily a good guy but he's being treated like not like a human being should ever be treated and earl has a big problem with this and nobody else does in town everybody else is looking a blind eye because the people are doing the kicking are you know are under uh coach boss's payroll essentially you know dale i'm gonna do you a huge favor uh in order to really pump up the show uh, every delightful insight that Scotty had, I'm going to appropriate at this point and say it's my incredible insight. Please. And I'm just going to weave a tapestry of my own original non-plagiarized thoughts and emotions. And that is the fact that Jason Aaron can flip your expectations like none other. You know, we expect we're going to get the hero story, arc one. You know? Mm-hmm. Earl's going to wade in, wade in a sea of bodies until he gets justice in this town. And that that's it. Jason Aaron tells the reader, now that you think you're going to get that story, guess what? We're going to totally switch gears, kill the hero, and you're going to learn to love this person you've hated for four issues, Coach Boss. And then after that, when you think you really know this guy and he's maybe has redeeming qualities. We're going to end the volume by showing you just how much of a bastard this guy really is. And I don't know that anyone right now is writing books like that. I don't think anyone's taking those risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just, I mean, I mean, I feel like you can just call me Scotty at this point. I, it, it pretty much. I mean, you're just like... Scotty two, loves beer. Two becomes one. Like the song. Spice Girls? Is that Spice Girls song? Um, the... Just the way that he made me hate and love the man, the men in this book is like it just makes me overall just love it even more like because it just he takes his big hands and he just wraps around your heart and squeezes because you hate I mean by the end of issue four coach boss is the devil you hate him 
And then through the next four issues, you see what that man lived through as a product of Crawl County High. I mean, he is just another cog in the machine, and he had to, uh, he had to, he had a struggle. He had to, uh, he had to try and get on the football team to get noticed. He ultimately he wanted to do it so his father would notice him, his dirtbag dad, and he became the best linebacker on Crawl County's football team, the 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 running rebels. And you learn to be sympathetic with this guy's struggle, even though, like, as he's struggling, he's not, like Jonesy, you said earlier, six hours ago, that he's like the evil Rudy. Like, he's yeah, trying he, just he as hard as Rudy. And while Rudy learns that the only thing that will get him on the field and through life is heart, Coach Boss realizes that the only thing that will get him on the field and through life is extreme violence. So, like, he is a total product of this gestalt system that proves that the only way to get through life is to hurt people and take what you want. So, like, you're you're sitting there and you're like, Coach Boss is the root of all this evil in Crawl County, but you realize that he's just the flourishing of a of a deep seated corruption that's been there for mm-hmm. years and that's proven uh to be the rule, you know, he's got the opportunity to get out, but like he's like no scouts have come to see me. You know, nobody is paying scholarships and the Rebs are like a well known championship team that would get seniors out to colleges and the coach is pretty much like, Yeah, I told everybody uh that called about you that you're a piece of ass and that your family were pieces of ass. So yeah, I pretty much just ruined your future. And that's the moment where like, if you had any last chances of being an honorable man, he, he couldn't take them because he couldn't live. So that sets the wheels in motion for him to basically go to the local mafia with a deal to kill his own father who, you know, deserved it. Total scumbag. Mm -hmm. And the, the death of his father who was like was a bootlegger and owed a lot of people money like that would and they would install him as the coach of the revs because the football i guess the football brings so much money in it's part of the mafia cog Mm -hmm. like it's in that wheelhouse so it's like it shows us how the system is there and it develops people like this to, to just keep it going round and round so by the end of that volume we're like yeah like I I understand why Coach Boss is such a J-bag is because he's had to live through literally hell. But then the, the, you come back to the present and he's basically like, everybody's smiling at me. They want to forget what I did and I don't want them to forget F all these people. And he goes into his barbecue joint where he, you know, previously the day before beat Earl to death and puts the murder weapon on display <laughs> So that nobody forgets. And then he has the bees to go to Earl's funeral and pay for the headstone. Like total spit, like total disrespect yeah. for the dead. So there's no more humanity left in this man. And so you're like, now I'm back to hating him. But Jason Aaron just takes you through that emotional 
roller coaster where you're like, I want to love this guy, mm-hmm. and you're like, no, he's still. You're a like, scumbag. no, no, I can't love this guy. I'm, I cannot love this man who did so much, and like the, uh, it's crazy because you know, it, Earl's uncle who came from the home to see it to come visit his nephew's funeral and see him be buried, like. He didn't know anything about it, and he's just humbled that the local high school football coach is. It comes out. He like sees Coach Boss as a, local a legend. celebrity. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's like, oh, I can't believe you're here, and you're gonna pay for this. The it, the Coach Boss is like, yeah, I'm gonna pay for the headstone. Yeah, I feel like you know Earl Tubb is a forgotten son, formal former Reb himself. Now I'm gonna do the right thing and pay for. It. And then when like the uncle's out of earshot. He's like, his daddy's read, here was a man, I guess gonna have his read, here wasn't. <laughs> right. Like, so it's like, you already killed him. You already killed the man. Why kill his spirit? You yeah. Know, it, but it's, but I think Southern Bastards is filled with those uh, dark corners. You know, there's, a, I think in the foreword of the first issue, uh, Jason Latour, I think, and someone's gonna need to fact check me as always, put it on the wiki, uh, that the South always held something supernatural and scary for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think those dark corners in Southern Bastards show you that while we're a modernized first world nation and, you know, computers and cell phones and the world and technology, like there's still corners in this country where things are like this and it's dark mm-hmm. and it's not anything we want ourselves to admit that we have anymore. And it's just amazing that he can take it to this place, take it to this place of honor. And you feel the honor of Earl and his, you know, that he's going to win just through sure will, you know, willpower will propel him to justice. And then Jason is so, so easily able to take it to this dark place where you're like, there is no hope in Carl County. And that's just a credit to him as this master weaver of like an emotional tapestry mm-hmm. that is yeah. Southern Bastards. Yeah, I mean, it's like I had not read it, maybe probably due to budgetary reasons, but that's, I mean, it's got to be, as of now, it's got to be my favorite thing being published right now, hands down. I mean, Jason Latour's art is just like. It's magic. Every character is unique, and they just the the way they look kind of reflects how they are as a person, like inside. And Earl Tubb just looks like he's got so much history. You just looking at him, you can guess like the guy played football. The guy went to Vietnam, and he's just like this big burly man. But he also has these like heroic features, almost like. He gives a crap, whereas nobody else does. And he kind of, like Jason Latour is just able to have that reflected in people's looks. Like his character creations are so, I don't know, they, they just like work, so much work is put into it. And maybe that's just the magic of storytelling and how I associated, you know, these uh, these characters' backstories with how I saw them on the page. But it's just like like a, a, a true collaboration and and Scotty was huge to point that out is like these guys are true 
collaborators. It's not this for this kind of partnership on this book. It's not just a, a phrase that's being tossed around like they are one in the same the two Jasons on this book. Like it's absolutely fact you and you can't deny it after you're done reading it. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. And he, he went so far as to point the fact. Now I feel like Scotty's here. Yeah, he, he pretty Maybe much we is. can just if we can just pretend Scotty recorded every episode and we flubbed it. Uh, you know, going on in the future, but you know, he Southern Bastards couldn't be the this book, and it wouldn't exist unless both of them were on board together. And that's absolutely true. Like it's not like superhero comics where it's like you could interchange artists and the and the story will go on. Like Southern Bastards is just that rare mix of magic when two people get together mm-hmm. and are passionate about a project and every single panel, every single page, every single word written is a labor of love and I think Southern Bastards exemplifies that to the highest degree. Completely agree. Um this would be the part in the show where we would have uh, read letters. Maybe, maybe uh, let let's read them. You want to read them? I mean, yeah, I turn that frown upside down. This is an episode of Paper Keg. We love each other. We love everyone. You play that sounder, and we just go whole whole hog. The wolf is at the door. We fended him off. Dale, this is a great episode of Paper Cake with just the two of us, and I think we're going to get some super positive feedback. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Just not from Slim. Just That's yeah, a, right. everybody else but Slim. And probably not from Jason Aaron, because he's definitely not listening to it now that Scotty's not on. Yeah. You know, we had, we, you know, Dale and I were off air, like twirling our hair, like, you know, I bet Jason's going to listen. <laughs> right. And then we're going to become instant best friends. He's going to fly us out to his, his ranch, and we're all going to wear flannel and. You know what I mean? We're all going to, you know, Jason Aaron's going to be at my wedding, even though I'm already married. He's going to be in the wedding party somehow retroactively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be, it's just going to be a natural extension of what has always existed. And I mean, it, you know, it's weird because Jonesy and I feel that way about each other as it is. So mm-hmm. it's, it's now that like that, that infrastructure is set up, that psycho, like that supernatural infrastructure, how it's always existed. Like it's just easy to just fit somebody else in it now. Now that the, you know, yeah, the and, stuff's already out of the way. That, that's what I'm going to miss about the episode is the total Scotty Young was whole hog, once again, borrowing that phrase about being the originator of Paper Keg. You know, we just got, you know, five years ago when we sat out on our mission statement, it was that we would, you know, create this podcast to our 25 episodes. We got your letters. I'm gonna open I'm them gonna up. Open them up. Scotty's gonna not gonna read them to you. To you. Letters at papercake.com. You write us a letter and we will read them on the air. Our first letter from Phantom, friend of the show, perhaps. It's been a while. Uh, he knows a little bit about fictional sheriffs himself. Huge wink. Oh, yeah. Huge wink. He writes, uh, hey, guys. I just missed hearing my name on the show. Thanks. At very exciting. I miss that guy's letters, man. I haven't heard from him in what seems like forever. 
Yeah, it's been a while. Very exciting is uh, out in New Mexico, um, you know, hustling his deals. And, um, you know, thanks for writing in. This thanks for checking in on since us. Since the beginning. Yeah. You know, I'm still waiting for you to, uh, you know, maybe see if Katie Sackhoff wants to have a cup of coffee with sure, a sure. overweight 35-year-old father or two, you know, which I'm sure is totally in the cards. Totally platonic. Maybe she'll have an espresso, alva chai tea, you know? just what happens yeah let's i mean i can't i for one think it's a splendid idea uh but really uh you can just take out edit out katie sack off and put a blue diamond phillips because that's that's the coffee i really want to have ldp mm-hmm. you know next letter from bananas friend of the show if you will. He writes, Hey, Keggers. I've listened back to your movie club book episodes and was wondering, would you ever consider doing a TV series for a book club? Uh, not some long series that only Jonesy could actually be caught up on, uh, life <laughs> audit and pending, uh, but perhaps something like Daredevil. Keep up the great work, babe. At top five bananas. Uh, and he's absolutely right. There's no such thing as a 14-minute only <laughs> Uh, program that Dale could possibly watch during the week, right. uh, unless we wanted to do like season one Paw Patrol, yeah, or uh, you know whatever Dale's kids are, are watching, yeah, you know, or you know, Paw Patrol, Blaze the Monster Machines, something like that, where I know I've seen every episode, Lego Ninjago, mm-hmm. you know, we just have to pick our show carefully. Uh, I I think that's a wonderful idea, but uh, I don't think. With the Tom Cruise podcast, with Book Jug, with uh, maybe the Flap coming back, and Paper Keg, that there's any more time of the day to do a TV series. But once Slim ends the show in a rage after this kerfuffle, I mean, Dale and I are probably looking for new jobs anyhow. Uh, top five bananas adds the postscript. I, you know. I just recently heard the episode when Josie loses it on Dave for the first time, and I nearly asked my panties while driving. When he calls him a J-bag, I lost it. I lost it. Pure gold. Uh, at top five, top five bananas, uh, just so you know, incredibly hot, and that in the part it was hot. You know, it was hot, middle of winter, but there's still no reason that the heat has to be up to 91 degrees Fahrenheit. In any kind of living scenario, I had a living feeling, scenario. <laughs> an, an old feeling had become infected. I had to get a root canal. I was on all kind of crazy painkillers. And in my defense, Dave was acting like a J-bag. Sure. So, sure. you know, I've regret, I've grown, uh, you know, physically since then. And, uh, you know, I apologize to the listeners for flying off the handle. Yeah, I mean, I did think it was out of line that he was getting on us for talking, and you know, this is a talk show, you know, so maybe, maybe I just could have ratcheted down the vitriol. But really, guys, you know, that's why you tell people don't become addicted to opioids because the, you know you're just a different person. Yeah, they're just dangerous all around. You know, that's what people change. Yeah, it was a teaching moment, as they say, teaching moment for myself. You know, stop being a, a opioid did up. J-bag to your friends mm-hmm. and call them J-bags. You know, what are you going to do? Our final 
letter as I watch a despondent Dele just look in the distance, unable to even meet my gaze. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm looking, I'm currently just looking over at my DVD bookshelf, wondering which one it's going to be when I, that I pop in when, when I just fade out out of this, off this mortal coil. <laughs> what Blu-ray or DVD? When, you, when, when Mrs. Underscore A finds an empty bottle of Knob Creek at the bottom of the steps tomorrow morning. Right. Yeah. Which you've, uh, which uh, title screen to a DVD will be on loop? Because I, ha- I would have, you know, obviously passed during the filming of watching of the movie. Dearest Paper Keg, as an Alabamian, I was worried Southern Bastards would be a book that would bash Southerners and would further propagate we are nothing but dumb rednecks who live in another world. Granted, even though a lot of characters in this book are dumb rednecks, I think the Jasons have done an outstanding job of creating the feeling of a small southern town dominated by football, and I love it. As far as the story goes, I cannot wait for when Roberta Tubb, spoilers, returns in issue 14. And hopefully how we'll see her knock Coach Boss down, super spoilers. Uh, I do think this book could benefit from some more good characters that will bring the heart out of Dixie. And what about the letters column? I love seeing the recipes in there. Keep on keeping on, Ramsden. At Ramsden on the Twitter. Uh, Chris Ramsden, runner, friend, letter writer, mm-hmm. uh, Southern Bastards enthusiast. Uh, I think we both agree that we're going to read this monthly from now on. I might actually have to dust off the old subscription service at the comic yes. shop in Wilmington, Delaware, and get that going because like, I read the this book in singles when it first came out. And like many things, like you tend to forget about it, even though the quality is there. And now revisiting it, I want—I just want more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rams, that's a great letter. It's good to get your perspective on it. I could see why you would be apprehensive. Um, I wonder... Now, I, I, I can't say that I wonder if... Um, small towns revolve around high school football like that because I'm sure there is some sort of source material that all these stories come from. You know, say you're an 18-year-old boy when uh, when Varsity Blues comes out and uh, John Mox has a, a girl in a whipped cream bikini standing inside of her uh, house uh, just coming on to him. I mean, obviously this, this, this uh, comes from somewhere in real life. And, you know, I've never had anything like that. Me being the most non-athletic person on this God's green earth, I don't know where those feelings come from, but I'm glad some people have them. Yeah. Uh, great letter, Ramsden. Um, that was the last one, so we can end this uh, redo. I don't know, man. I, I watched you go from excited to resolute, now despondent, it's like you're going through the twelve steps while on air. Yeah, it's I, I implore you, friends of the show, write letters into Dale this next week and just try to get him out of his downward spiral of despair. It'll be okay. I mean if it had we, been any other scenario, if if uh even if Slim wasn't on and it wasn't Scotty Young that was on. Last time my whole infrastructure caved in and I and I missed a good five 
10, 15 minutes of the episode because I couldn't be on. This time... It's like the I, curse I, of Bambino. <laughs> it's the curse of the Bambino. This time, I can't even record... I don't even... Re- His audio is not present. And... Listen, uh, listen to me right now. All right? Ah, whatever. It's this, nobody listening. Let me set the stage. Two weeks, you know, I got a baby coming. We got a soft commit from Scotty that he might be willing to do another episode. You know, maybe I'm just making that commitment for him right now. You sure are. With that, without his knowing, you know, maybe as a, a favor to dear old Dale, I'm really laying it on thick and I won't be here. So that means it'll go through without a hitch and it will probably be the best episode of Paper Cake ever. And I'm going to, you're going to be okay. And we're going to be chuckling about this. Sure. Because we, years because we can replicate another book like Southern Bastards with the enthusiasm that we all had together. I mean, it was amazing, guys. <laughs> it was, I mean, the, it the, was incredible. It was a recipe there was a magic, for something. There was a magic in this room that I haven't felt in years. But what? That, that's how, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. That's how people lose faith. That's how people, you know. Lose Do you want me trust. to cue up uh, the King of Pain to take us out instead of the normal music? Maybe that'll. I don't, I don't know, man. Should you be alone tonight? Do I need to drive down there? Uh, that was uh, Paper Cake 225B. And uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. If you if you made it this far, then more power to you. They probably deleted it in the first 30 seconds when they heard Scotty was it on. Uplifting you rather than dragging you down right now. I look to the sea. Jokes on you, this song contains a trigger phrase that will set my <laughs> self destruct. Are you like the Manchurian candidate? And this yes. is just a song you need to hear that it will set you into a homicidal rage? This is actually a tribute to uh, the last time. Slim ever tweeted me and told me that the Dennis DeYoung lead singer of Styx was playing at the uh, the Epcot Center. Nice. Uh, so I'm just I'm just trying to remember the last time he would have and will ever tweet me. 
You, you know what? You're you're just no selling slim. Like he has no forgiveness in his heart. You know that I would love. Would I forgive him? Okay. Would I forgive him? You absolutely would. Probably would. I forgive him. But I'm I'm more coddly than he is. He is all business. He is a difficult taskmaster. I'll give him that. So in the previous, uh, I was called a post sort. Like I was at work. Well, a little bit of a mix up there. Uh, in the previous fireside, uh, we talked about I hate Fairyland, and while it's nothing like getting it firsthand from the writer about how incredible this book is, and we are ourselves at Paper Keg are not big pluggers. I don't think we plug a lot. Uh, I think we both feel you and I that it's really something special. Uh, you know, I related it to like, uh, much like Scotty writes in the afterword of that first issue, like being a kid and getting a Mad magazine. Like, I hate Fairyland is that book next to Mad that you pick up and read, and just it's not superheroes, it's not anything except for comedy and a book that just you will enjoy, that you will get pure enjoyment out of. And uh, I hope that you run, don't walk to your LCS to pick up I Hate Fairyland. Yeah, big thanks to uh, Scotty Young for coming on the show all those hours ago and (laughs) having the best time of our lives together. And thank you, uh, Scotty, for uh, just making a book with a sense of humor and um, on a level that different people get different stuff out of it like you know levels of humor that you really gotta you flip through the book a couple times and pick up like little visual cues or visual comedy that was that's the biggest favorite most favorite part of the book for me but um yeah please check that out and uh, check out our uh, you know our website papercake.com or patreon that if you guys would need to remember the website to go in and D promise money. <laughs> I, you know what? I wish I could take a picture of how forlorn you look right now. And I'm not meaning to laugh at you, but it's just like you, your neck is barely supporting the weight of your head. You no longer can look into your back. You refuse to do it. You're just looking in the distance. It will be okay. Scotty will come on the show again. We will have another moment in Um, Bye, everybody. Sorry to take it out on you guys listening. Uh, you know, you guys <laughs> didn't go through this. You haven't been living this with us for the past four hours. This, so. this waking nightmare. So uh, thank you so much for listening. We truly mean that. And uh, we uh, we appreciate all the support. Um, you can give us any you want to throw my way, you know, to make me still look like a valuable employee. Just do that. And uh we will see you guys next week. I can't remember what's on the Google Doc, but uh, I will forget to record one of our audio tracks anyway, so it won't matter. <laughs> stop. We gotta stop now. That was a good episode, too. Stop.